Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last Rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, Southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass. And, and for Skip Bayless to come out and say, I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say, how dare you? How dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness? Honestly, I want to say what I want to say. This is the Sam Mays Podcast. Welcome. I'm Sam Mays. And tonight we're talking to Jason White, former Heisman Trophy winner. It's not former. (laughs) It is not former. (laughs) I'm going to do it every time. (laughs) Mr. Wes Sims, Oklahoma All-American. Boomer. My man, Brandon Whedon, first-round draft pick and former Oklahoma State Cowboy. Yeah. Go Pokes. I can't let we're saying. Was he not a former pick, first-round pick? No, I'm just doing it because you said something the last time. Okay. Yeah, so that's how it's always going to be. Okay. Yep, you set the tone as you sit there and eat pudding live on the podcast. With a shovel. He's smacking I mean, just – and that's and can we talk about how that's just the weirdest request? Jason White walks into the door. He comes up to the table and he says, I want two, I want two servings of pudding. What? Yeah. Like – what is wrong with that? No, I'm just, we're at Clark Crew Barbecue, like, world-renowned, yeah, world-renowned barbecue. The barbecue is amazing, and so is the pudding. <laughs> it looked a lot good. It did Not look really lie. good. It, it's about half full. I had some really good things a minute ago and finished somebody else's shit off that looked really good, too. And Sam, you know about that. Oh, yeah. What was that? It was like a, was a like a brisket Philly cheese Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Have you been eating, Sam? Yeah. Hmm. You yeah, don't look like a lineman here. anymore. No, I look like two linemen. <laughs> I look like dose linemen. That's what I look like. Like I'm playing left side of the line. Yeah, that's what I'm looking like these days. You, although skinny still, you look 20 years older than I do. So I carry it well. 20 years older. Yeah. I've had a lot of stress in my life. I, look, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. And you know what they say, black don't crack. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's true. <laughs> We got a beautiful collection. How are we glowing? <laughs> Thank you, Wesley. <laughs> How are we feeling this uh, this Bedlam week? I would have said three weeks ago this was a game that Oklahoma State probably was going to be favored in, uh, and maybe not necessarily by a little. Uh, three weeks later, Oklahoma figures out how to run the football. The offensive line gets significantly better. Spencer Rattler looks like a completely different player since he was benched in Texas. And Lincoln Riley, once again, has one of the more prolific offenses in college football. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous story. And now you're looking at an offense that is worthy of an Oklahoma State defense who I would say is probably one of the top 10, 12 in the country. And when they're healthy, those dudes play. And they will hit you. And they're organized. And they're confident in what they're doing. They get up to the line of scrimmage, and then you can feel it coming off of them. They love it. This is the first time in Mike Gundy's career where the defense is the spearhead. And you're thinking, man, this is going to be a great game. And here we are this week, and it just feels maybe not as epic as maybe it could have been. Or it does. (laughs) I'm I'm pumped about it, man. I'm excited. I'm excited that there's finally a couple of defenses worth looking at on both sides of it. On both sides. And then two offenses that... I mean, both are capable of blowing up, you know? So, I mean, this is going to be an exciting game. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way as Wes. I mean, just to watch the Oklahoma State defense play this year, I mean, I'm a quarterback. I like to watch. I'm sure Brandon's the same way. Like, I like to watch defenses. And uh, just to watch them play this year, it's been uh, a definite change from what we're used to on that side. But, you know, I, I was thinking about – I was watching the Tulsa game the other night, and I was thinking to myself, man, OSU pretty much handled them very easily. So, uh, you know, maybe Tulsa's a lot better than what people thought, and uh, maybe Oklahoma State's a lot better than what, you know, people thought as well. So, uh, and as far as Oklahoma goes, I mean, man, they started off rough first couple games, but I think there's kind of getting things together. Uh, I think they got a young defense that uh, wants to wants to play, wants to do great, and uh, I think they're getting better every game. So it'll be interesting to watch this this Saturday. And, and you know, playing at Norman, uh, I always felt like there was a huge advantage for the home team. I mean, when we played at Stillwater, absolutely hated it. I mean. Especially the fans right there. You know, the, the COVID deal, I don't know how much that's going to be affected this year. I think, too, you know, to, to add on what they're saying, I agree. Oklahoma State's defense kind of, they bring that swag. They've never had that. You right. Know, it, it's normally like, let's play quarters and let's just try not to give up 40. Right. Our offense is going to score 45. Now that's not really the case. They can go out and, dang near, they can dominate a game. You know, they've Absolutely. got guys that can kind of, they fly around to set the tone. But I think the difference, honestly, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, is getting Ramondre Stevenson back. I mean, the run game was shit for Oklahoma for a long time, and it made it tough on Rattler. And I think, you know, and I think, you know, Bill Biedenboe is probably one of the better offensive line coaches in all of college football, and he's got a good group of guys. But I think getting him back, and he's a a big-time back, in my opinion. And he, I mean, I know know they play KU and Texas Tech these last couple games, but he just, he's different. I mean, he's a guy that you can hand it to 25, 30 times a game, and, I mean, he's not hitching the mouth. He's a big dude. Uh, so I think for Oklahoma State to have a chance to win this game, they're going to stop him and you know keep him uh, keep him in check. Yeah, that's that's all coming ahead at a, at a great time because that offensive line in the beginning, I mean, whatever it was, it wasn't working. Right. And that Texas game, they started figuring it out. TCU, they really that's when they really turned it on. And then getting Ramondre back on top of that. Now, I mean. I don't know if anybody can really stop that. Yeah. I mean, Ramon, as far as when when he's in there, because I was excited just to see him against LSU's defense because we finally found, you know, we had a battering ram that could hit those guys right. and wear on them. Stop and them. then, you know, it was what it was last year. But, you know, I bet I'm excited about it. Man. You know, I as much, much as we were talking about the defense, I honestly think it's going to come down to the quarterback play. 100%. Uh, yeah, you know, you got Spencer Rattler who is – Still fresh. He's. I mean, he's still a youngster. I mean, he's he's grown a lot the last couple games. But like Brandon said, it's KU, Texas Tech. I mean, there's not a whole lot of pressure there. So I think it's what whichever quarterback steps up and and manages the game. I'm not talking they have to be the superstar. Just manages the game and puts their team in a great position uh, to win the game. So what are your as far as Lincoln Riley's approach to this offensively? Is it attack early in this game, or is it kind of wait the Oklahoma State defense out, right? Because if you assume, Cowboys aren't going to be able to stay in the field offensively. That defense is eventually going to tire out a little bit, and I'm wondering how often you'll see them attack downfield early, or do you come out and just kind of play your game all season? No, I, I don't think you can try to wait it out, and I think that's kind <laughs> of our issue. Uh, you, you take um, the t- two games they lost. They took uh, One of the games they took their, their foot off the, the pedal. And they got beat. You know, I think you got to have that mentality of, hey, we're going to attack from 
from the time we start and all the way through the end of the game. And so, you know, I, that's going to be a huge key to, you know, OU winning as they got to they got to stay attacking the entire game. They can't try to tire out the defense, you know, because what if they don't tire out? Right. True. I mean, you know, what are you going to do now? I mean, start attacking in the fourth quarter when you're tired as well. You know, so uh, I, I just uh, I think you got to go out attacking from the get go uh, uh, on both sides, even even OSU. I mean, I, I feel like they. I think they're going to test the secondary because I don't really know that they've been tested, you know, huge for on OU side. So I think they'll test them, um, you know, this week. Brendan, as far as the Oklahoma State defense is concerned, like what about what what advantages do they have this year that they haven't had in the past as far as coverage is concerned? I one experience. I mean, I think those two safeties are are playing really well together. They're kind of the, in my opinion, they're kind of what make that entire defense go. So you know, obviously they need to be healthy. Um, but their corners, you know, back in the day, as long as I mean, when I was there, we had good corners. We had Justin Gilbert, we had uh, Roger Brown. We had, but they're all they're all short guys, right? You know, they're they're fo- they're good football players. But these guys now are six one, six two. They look the part. They're athletic. They're long. They're rangy. Got good ball skills. And so I just think you know they've coupled a decent little pass rush with decent coverage. And I think you know the the scheme is kind of kind of caught up with the players. The players can. You know, they can be more aggressive. You know, back in the day, like I was saying, they just played quarters and maybe, maybe blitz. You know, right. once every quarter. You know, it was just very conservative. Now they can kind of pin their ears back and, and they're they're pretty aggressive. And I, so I, I think you know, again, it's pass rush and coverage kind of are tied together as we all know. But I just think they've got some experience back there finally with some good athletes and guys that are comfortable with what they're doing. And I, I just think they're playing at a high level. But uh, to, to echo kind of on the other side of the ball, what Jason was saying. He's exactly right. What is what's been Gundy's biggest? Um, I don't know uh, Achilles' heel in this this matchup. He's played conservative and played not to lose. Right. And it you can't do that. I mean, both these teams, whoever wins this game is going to have being being the driver's seat to play in the Big Twelve Championship. So you might as well leave it all out there. Let it rip. I mean, there shouldn't be a play that that's uh, left unturned. Let it rip. And um, I don't know. That, that's just that's my two cents. But these are said and done sometimes. You know, the, the best part about this game is just the unspoken stuff, right? It's the intangibles about it, the attitudes, the feeling of it. You know, every Oklahoma fan wants to tell you it's not a rivalry, but every one of them wants to talk shit when they win. You know, and, and for, for me, you know, like being an Ohio kid, man, you know, Ohio State-Michigan was the biggest thing. And then to come here and experience Bedlam, you know, I, I just love it. I love being a part of this game. I love playing Memorial Stadium. I played in some epic venues when I played in the Big 12. You know, ones that, I don't know, did you play in A&M? Were, you st- were yeah. they still in the, yeah. yeah. I mean, we played, you know, we were the last classes that got to, you know, to experience all those great stadiums. But, man, it was just, Bedlam's cool. Bedlam's got great vibes, and it's just like that whole week is just, oh, I love it. And you wonder, you know, with this defense being what they are, maybe that's the thing that gets them over the edge a little bit, that makes them a little more uh, physical, allows Mike Gundy to attack in that way this year. Like, we haven't seen him attack offensively, and I'm not going to assume he's going to this year, but maybe he does defensively a little bit more. I've always wanted to ask, it, what compare it to another game that y'all played. Like, when y'all went down to Austin to play, like, what was that? No, it was nothing. No, I mean, there was 100,000, but it was, it was as loud as this place. I mean, the, just the vibe's not the same. I mean, I, for Oklahoma State, I don't think there's anything – you know, maybe, maybe in those years, like Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree when Texas Tech was really good. You know, you go to Lubbock and you play there, and, you know, we were both ranked inside the top five terrible or Terrible place to play. Awful yeah. play. That was, that was the worst yeah. place to play. But I would say that would be the only thing even comparable. Yeah. I mean, this, I, this definitely takes the cake. I would have said the same. I, I think we had two ESPN Instant Classics. 
for Texas Tech. Stupid games. Yeah. Just stupid, Smelled ignorant like games. Shit. Throw tortillas. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Astro like we, turf. I think we averaged 72 or 73 plays a game back then offensively. Tech, we were running 102, 105. I'm on the sidelines taking oxygen in the game, like miserable. Yeah. And then even though we won them, we didn't have – I mean, y'all, we, y'all had depth. We didn't have it. We had 25 good football players. And so after we would play Tech 101 plays, whoever came next was going to beat us. Because no one, I mean, we're sore on yeah. Saturday going into games like that. So it was, uh, yeah, but that would be, Tech would be the one, other one for me. I'm going to have to say another place that was pretty cool, like A&M. When you, oh. like going down, I mean, you got, we all played there. I mean, I mean I've played in every NFL stadium except for the, new, you know, the newest two. And I still think, I still think Kyle Field's one of my favorite places I ever played. I mean, it's oh, just, I, it, I it was agree. a hell of a game. And, you know, the, the atmosphere was just, I mean, and, it was electric. Yeah, it was good. In 04, in 04, when we played down there, I'm oh. not kidding you, like, I had zero voice after the game was over. I had I couldn't talk because I had to scream the play. Yep. In fact, our the the play that won that in '04, uh, the receiver wrong the ran the wrong route because he couldn't hear me, and so but he ended up scoring, so it worked out. But you know that place was awesome. And then when they started swaying back and forth, uh, sweet. Uh, you yeah. couldn't even, I mean, I didn't even want to look up. It's so like I the tallest I, stadium ever. Yeah, yeah. You go straight up, <laughs> just yeah. straight yeah. the fuck up. So uh, that was the next game for us after 9/11. And oh, so wow. I played in that game when they striped the. And there wasn't oh. one person that had their school Man. colors on that day. They striped it red, white, and blue. I wow. bet that was awesome. And it was the only game in my college career that I was allowed to be in the field for the national anthem. And it was. Like, I get goosebumps right now just yeah. thinking about it. Like, probably, yeah. I'm, I'll never remember a game like I remember that one. That's you know, awesome. and then That's it was cool. in that same game, in that end zone that you're talking about, I'm holding on to the right tackle's hand and Good watching the ball yeah. because I'm having to yank his hand to let him know to move when the ball gets snapped. <laughs> like, I mean, it was yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. people talk about home field advantage and how it doesn't matter. Like, you'll hear numbers guys say that it doesn't matter. And I'm like, bro, yeah. be on, in Kyle Field when that place is 100% packed and the game is tied up with two minutes ago in the fourth quarter, and tell me that this is not impacting the way we're playing. Yeah, Like, that's I, crazy, right? I 100% hated to play there more than anybody else because I was that tackle that would push it to the edge that would get worn like five times a game to scoot up, scoot up on the line, <laughs> and he'd be telling me to scoot up because they'd tell him. So, like, when I couldn't see the ball and I had to scoot up, I hated that. Because I wasn't a technician, so I wasn't a great kick step guy. Like, I just wanted to cheat every way I could. And that sucked for me. Because <laughs> I wasn't about to hold somebody's hand because Wilson would have made fun of us. So it was what it was. Well, Oklahoma Stadium for you two, what, I mean, what is it? You know, because that's our home field. So we, you yeah. know, when we come out, I mean, we don't. Right. I mean, I'd put it up there. I mean, I, um, you know, so they did the realignment thing after my. Shoot, I can't remember. Sophomore or junior year. So we got we got OU twice in Stillwater back-to-back. My two years as a starter. Oh, that's uh, right. But the year before that in 09, that was when Zach Robinson got hurt against um, Tech. So I, I played against Colorado. And then he played the next week. And I don't think we crossed the 50. And it was rock. I mean, I think we lost 27 to nothing. And we we played like shit. But that was – that atmosphere was pretty good. Especially early. You know, yeah. once the game kind of got out of reach, it got – you know, but – yeah, I mean, I always said A&M, Oklahoma, and then back when Nebraska was in the Big 12, those were my three favorite places to play in. Nebraska was another good yeah, one. Nebraska yeah. was cool. Yeah, I've, I always, I've always uh, uh, respected Oklahoma State's just because, man, the, the, your, the fans are right on you. Yeah. And I, I think that makes the experience. I mean, they're in Kansas State. They're right on you, and they're loud as shit yeah. for the size. Oh, man. 
Like, it's crazy. Person for person, those two are loud as shit. Yeah. So I had the uh, pleasure of playing in Memorial Stadium after winning Bedlam back-to-back years. And I will tell you that that was the most hostile environment I've ever played in in my entire life. From the very opening, the opening snap for every single play, that, that place was nuts. Like, they came out at halftime, we were getting our asses beat. I mean, just bad. Physically dominated. And the crowd was as as bad as it was uh, in the in the beginning of the game. It was crazy. Like that's. I think the only touchdown y'all scored was a pick six I threw. Right. <laughs> randomly to Kareem Smith, defensive end. Like just randomly, yeah. right? Yeah. Was, what, uh, year, what year was that? Oh, three, three. Yeah. yeah. Sucks but, uh, for us. We had to chase his ass. Oh, it was the, he was. <laughs> we were on the ten. Come on, Wes. Still sucks. What was? Uh, all right, everybody, give me their best. In-game battle of moment. In-game. I mean, I know mine. I mean, I, when that clock hit zero and we beat the ever-living dog out of them 44 to 10 my senior year, I mean, that game, I mean, talking about physically dominating, I mean, I don't know that I played any game. What year was that, Brandon? That's 2011. Brandon's like – Now, that was – They called Uncle Brandon, like, leaned into the microphone for that one. Yeah, like, let me tell you it. about this. Yeah. They, got, they, they, they got us our junior year, my junior year, yeah. in a shootout, and then this game was just – it was different. Yeah. Yeah, you know, wow. I, I think about, um, you know, some of my experiences. Um, you know, I think 03 probably tops it because we were coming off two losses. Yep. And I never forget, I ran into Elbert Craig, Chris Massey, Rashawn Woods that summer before, and all they did was talk shit the whole time about how yep. they beat us twice and blah, blah, blah. And, Rashawn was actually the one that caught that uh, winning touchdown at, right. at Norman. So, man, from that point forward, after I saw him that summer, like, that was on my radar. I was not going to walk away a loser. You know, because I, I didn't start those two games. Uh, I was hurt, of course. But, the you know, 03 was the first year I was actually going to get to start. And so, against Oklahoma State. And that was marked on my calendar from the time – I walked away that night just because of the – I couldn't take it. I couldn't say nothing either because they just whipped our ass twice. Yeah, that it did the same for me was was 03 was my, my favorite because it was like sweet payback because the first year in 2000 I redshirted. Then the next year in 01 I got hurt like the game before he did. And so I don't think either one of us played in it in 01. And then in 02 I got to play and he didn't. And then – we lost that one, so that was the second one I got to play in out of the three years I was there, four years I was there. Right. So, you know, I'm not a raw, raw guy. I mean, I, I don't. I'm just not. I mean, I don't think any of us are really. Nah. Sam's probably the closest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. He's but the most verbal. That's the first time I ever like I I found the trophy, and I made sure to go pick it up. Oh yeah. And go show it to the fans. Oh yeah. That's the first time ever. Yeah. Ever done something like that ever. But that's how that's how motivated I was. Just from, I can't take it. I don't like when people talk shit. So I, um, 2002, obviously the year before that, we we were a pretty damn good football team. Like, I mean, pretty damn good. One game away from a BCS game and came out of nowhere. I remember about game six. You know, it might have been Kansas State or something like that. We kind of all figured that out. And Bedlam was like in two weeks. 
and we took the and just like listening to the media right because it was you know 2001 was fluky as all get out who the fuck thought that was gonna y'all were unbelievable in 2001 no we we there was no chance like we had dudes like with their bags packed like on the team bus they're ready to go for bright no one even thinks this is going to be remotely close and we're standing there in the fourth quarter and watch that play go down it's like holy shit you know so 2002 when the when the media had just crowned them right it was like oh oklahoma's gonna just run them off the field you know they shocked them kept that national championship game you know we're kind of chuckling a little bit in the locker room like that this is not how this is going to go. Like, not necessarily that we're going to win this game, but if you think you're going to come to Stillwater and bully us around, those days were over for us. You know, it was a whole different trajectory at that point. And I remember the first few plays of that game, and we just, I mean, mauled them. I mean, dudes getting driven off the ball five, six, seven yards, dropped in the secondary like it was stupid. And then just ran them up for a half, right? And then until Gundy took over and neutered us and, it only ended up being 38-28, but that game should have been 50. I mean, we just blew them up, and they just stopped getting aggressive in the passing game. But, yeah, I mean, best, by far my best memory of that game. It was awesome. But if you think back to uh, 2000, you guys almost derailed that, oh, shit. that yes. national championship. Yes, that's my first Bethlehem experience. Yeah, Derek yeah. Strait knocked away that pass in the end zone. At You know, would have yeah. won the game for y'all. Right, yeah. So that's my, uh, my very first Bethlehem experience was that. It was – uh, being a red shirt on the sidelines of Bedlam. And, it, you know, we were so bad that year. And, Jason, I mean, you guys are from – all of you guys are from Oklahoma, so you know at that point no one was going to Oklahoma State games. Like, it was the weakest crowd. Like, you're getting 13,000, 14,000 people at a game. And so, for Bedlam, for me, my first season, I'm like, holy shit, there's people here. The whole fucking stadium is crimson. Like, it was like every OU fan brought every ticket in the place. So, I was like, well, at least we get, there's a full – you know, there's a full stadium. And I remember, and, you know, Bob Simmons was – had been fired – He's a dead coach coaching this game, and there's this bullshit rah-rah speech that he did. We fucking hated that guy. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, it's the same situation. Like, you know they're just going to get their asses beat. And somehow, some way, you know, they found a way to drag this thing for four quarters. And at the very end, you know, they had two opportunities to throw the ball to Marcellus Rivers uh, in the end zone to win this thing. And I'm thinking, holy shit. Like, we had been t- – I mean, I think – Who was the quarterback? Was it Fields? No, t- Tony Lindsay. It was. Yeah, it was, it Tony, was Lindsay. Tony Lindsay. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that uh, you know that same year they had been beat like 50, 50 to nothing by Texas Tech. Like they were terrible. So to see them in a game, it was like this is incredible. And uh, yeah, I think Marcellus dropped one, and then one was just like just over his fingertips for the win. That was nuts. I almost fought a fan that game. <laughs> yeah, seriously, he was up you behind me. Fight yeah. somebody. He was on my what? right. <laughs> I mean, he just kept hitting me in the back of my helmet. I was standing on the bench. I turned around and tried to climb over the damn stands. This is why I was so happy to not be uh, on camera as much as y'all had to deal with it. Like, I didn't have to deal with all those HD cameras like you guys do. Yeah, get hide a little bit. All right, give me your give me your first bedlam memory. My first bedlam memory. Um, man, I think it was probably. Uh, Barry Sanders. I mean, out of all, nice. all things I remember, I remember watching – because Dad will always listen to the OU games or watch them, and I'll never forget watching Barry Sanders thinking, that dude is crazy. Yeah, uh, He's crazy good. He's so quick. Um, now, he wasn't my favorite. I was a Bo Jackson guy. But I still remember watching that game as a kid thinking, wow, that, get, that guy's really good. 
that's the first time I ever watched it. I mean, I knew there was a rivalry then. Um, I mean, I wasn't that old, but I knew there was a rivalry. But not until I got into college did I experience the actual meaning of it. And, you know, a lot of people don't, like, OU Texas. You know, all your Texas players take a lot of pride in that game because that's where they come from. And the same goes for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, is you got a bunch of Oklahoma kids that they take a lot of pride in it. And I know at Oklahoma it's like, all right, we stepped up. You know, this Oklahoma boy stepped up for you guys in this Texas game. <laughs> yeah, it so was, now it's your turn to step up for us. It was funny. Know? We'd always talk to them because they'd be like, oh, hell, you know, we got to go against – homeboy from district and high school or whatever i was like i don't give a fuck would go out and do that deal and then we were like all right get your shit together because i went to high school with this asshole so you got to hit him in the mouth right you know? <laughs> so that that was fun we actually were all were pretty lucky and i don't know what the ratio was when you were on the field brandon but i mean we played with a bunch of Oklahoma. i'm you know i'm from ohio but i mean i'd say 85 percent of my team was from oklahoma at that time like, yeah, there was a lot of Oklahoma kids. Lot, yeah. yeah, less recruited a ton of them. I think, and you guys won a title. I mean, half your damn defense was from from Oklahoma that yeah. those years. So that was pretty cool. It's a bunch yeah. of Oklahoma boys in there. I'd say my my first Bedlam experience. I mean, like him, I remembered watching him, but I didn't really know what like Bedlam was. I'd say my first one was when when Derek Strait knocked that pass away, and then that was when it was official to go to the Big 12 championship and then that's what kind of sprung the whole thing to win the whole thing. I was, that was that was like the first time and then it really like clicked like being the last game of the year at that point in time like that's what it would come down to basically every year we were in college. So that was that was mine. Hmm. What do you think Brennan? Yeah I'm trying to, I'm sitting here trying to think I mean I followed it I mean I don't know it's my story's a little – I mean, I didn't really follow football that close until I, until I was probably playing pro baseball. So, I mean, I'd have to think hard. I mean, probably when Jason was there. I mean, just those games um, in the early 2000s, I would have to say. I mean, you know, look at, you know when Josh was there, Josh Fields and, and – Right, they were getting Zach, better. Yeah, they're getting, they were kind of on the up and up. But, uh, gosh, man, I don't know. Brandon I mean, just I'm, really wants to talk about, once again, how he – how young, when no, I'm thinking, how when young I'm, he is. When <laughs> I, think, I remember I was watching I'm only a couple of years younger than you are. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when I, I don't know. I, one play that, like, I don't know, when I think Bedlam, I always I always think about, like, Sam getting flipped over there by the goal line. Right. Still are. Like, that, that memory, you know, and they, they waxed us pretty good that night. But I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, there's so many that stand out. But, you know, personally, yeah, I mean, it had to be probably when I, not until I got to school. I got kicked out of the OSU press box that night on that play. Really? Yeah. He got flipped to the end zone. I said, son of a bitch, like loudly in the press box. And then whatever the little Oompa Loompa dude that works up there, his name kicked me out. What's that real short guy's name? Kevin Clintworth. Yeah, that dude. Yeah. He kicked Kevin. me out. Ridiculous. Kevin yeah. kicked uh, your ass. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Didn't even like make eye contact. He just yelled, get out. Yeah, I was like, okay. What's yours, Sam? Yeah. Let's hear it. I, I told you mine. My first one, That's that was, oh, that it. was yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I had. Breaking the it off tw- in us twice. Yeah. The Big 12 was, I mean, clearly one of the best conferences in college football at the time. Uh, so I had, you know, I, I had watched a bunch of Big 12 football, but didn't have really emotional tie to it. Other than Nebraska, which is funny, right? Like, Nebraska was a big deal in Northeastern Ohio. Right. When they came to recruit, we all got pretty hyped up from just the kind of football that we played, you know. And uh, But outside of that, yeah, it would be that first game when I watched Marcellus Rivers uh, missed those two passes. That was crazy. That was yeah. crazy. There's one play that I always remember, and they always show the the pitcher. 
but it was it was I think it was like third and one, and we ran this little um, I think it was twenty six power, might have been twenty seven power. I can't remember. I think it was twenty seven power. Anyway, you know we got Adrian Peterson back there, and I just turn around. Freak. And I hand the ball off, Freak. and I immediately just put my hands. I mean, you just seen the hole and all the way to the goal line. And so I always think about that play because it was the first time I ever handed the ball off literally and thought, that's a touchdown. Right. You know, from 70 yards away. God, that's freaking cool. Yeah. What a freak. That dude's a monster. It'd be nice to be able to turn and hit yeah. that dude, huh? Right. Jeez. Yeah. That was nice blocking for him. Yeah. Really well, nice. The first couple games that year was kind of rough. It was kind of rough. Yeah. Because it was, uh, hey, Jason, which way do I go? Oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Start pulling what? Your back. Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean, where do you go? <laughs> Just get the ball and run outside. That's that's good. Yeah. Just run. God. But, uh, I mean, get he back. caught on real quick, though. I mean, it was uh, it was great. Beast. Uh, I remember the first game of that year having basically tryouts for our starting running back with two true freshmen. And Tashard Choice and Adrian Peterson. What the hell? And Those names, right? Yeah. T. Choice Crazy. transfers and leads the ACC in rushing the next three years. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia Tech? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Absolutely wow. crazy. Anybody else would have been there. We would have been talking about Tashard Choice right now. Right. Yep. Yeah. All-time great. Good. I mean, Peterson's first ballot Hall of Famer. There's, I mean, there's no question, right? Dude's yeah. a freak. I, I mean, mean, in every way. Yeah. Freak. Would you put him in the top five? Best college running backs of all time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if you think about that, he missed half, yeah, half a year. Half of his career. Yeah. yeah, basically half of it. That's crazy. Which is even more crazy, yeah. Yeah, he was hurt a lot. Hell, he would have hit 2,000 yards. He didn't even play against Nebraska our senior year, I don't think. There was no. one game he missed because his shoulder was out of place. We were like, fuck, put him in. Let him get 100 yards or whatever it was, 15 yards. Yeah. Let him hit 2,000. <laughs> that dude was a, I mean just watching him running from the sidelines it was like helpless like like watching y'all play and watching yeah. that it, that's how you felt right it's like it all was we like, had to do helpless. was just get him started and once right. he got past the line of scrimmage and it was it just was, yes and you that, can't get anywhere fast enough to do anything at that point he's gone but did you guys ever have a guy that walked on the campus and like immediately you knew he was something yeah Des Bryant was the only one I was around I could see that yeah. Des when he came out like, holy shit I mean, he still looks like he yeah. still looks apart. Yeah. Do you remember Prentice Elliott? Yeah, bro. They said he would have been best bro. player. I mean, to this day. Yeah. I mean, I've seen two other players like Prentice Elliott. It was Des Bryant and Joe Mixon. And if you've never seen Joe Mixon work out, dudes don't move like that. Yeah. It's like watching a bus move. <laughs> I mean, it, but but fast, like just stupid fast. And wow. the hip swivel and the, the vertical jump, like he's just a freak athlete. But Prentice Elliott was going to be the greatest to ever do it at Oklahoma State. And if he had just gone to California or to anywhere far away from Tulsa, that kid is an NFL first-round draft pick and has an incredible life. Wow. But just couldn't get away from the, his neighborhood. Couldn't right. get away from all that bullshit. You know, always a bunch hey. of dudes around him that are doing bad things, and it just sucks. But every time somebody asks me that question, like that's the kid's name that pops up. And I'd love that all three of you knew who he was because most people are like, who? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Prentice yeah, yeah. Elliott. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the day that Adrian stepped on the, the campus, I, I, we were working out, and he come walking in, uh, kind of – we were fixed to start running trippers, six trippers. Ugh. And uh, he, he walks in, and all of us are – Teddy – I remember Teddy was still working out with us at that time, and Teddy's like, man, 
what Juco is that guy from? Yeah, he's just he was just a man. Right. Yeah. I mean, he looked like he'd been in, uh, in college for a few years. Yeah. Looked like he'd done some hard time. Yeah. yeah. At 17. You know who was like that for me is Maurice Claret. No. I yeah. played high school football that yeah. kid for a season. And he showed up as a true freshman and benched 405 pounds. You know, squatted 450. Just stupid. Absolutely stupid. And broke his ankle in that one season like three games in. And we were averaging like 280 on the ground with him a, a game. Like just stupid athlete. But just ready. Just absolutely yeah. ready all the time. Hmm. All right. Let's uh, – Let's go. Does anybody have a favorite Bedlam after party story? Because I've got one. <laughs> I wish. I was married. And, no, nothing cool for me. Let's hear it. I want to hear this. No, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I think I was kind of, I kind of laid low after yeah, we, after games. So this is. Uh, yeah, the only thing we did went real hard on was Halloween. Oh, no. <laughs> and after that, it was just kind of, you know, get in where you fit in. Okay. So 2001, we win that game in Norman. Well, Bob Simmons had said, or Les Miles had said, you know, there's no bowl game. So if you want to go home with your families, go home. Well, the whole fucking team's from Oklahoma. So there's only like 40 of us left, and we're on the bus on the way back, right? Well, we find out on the way back that 8,000 people have stayed in Gallagher-Iba to welcome us back to the... uh, because we had won this game, like in a, in a, after a basketball game, this is when they were putting. I mean, this is like a preseason game. They're putting, still putting ten thousand, thirteen thousand people in that place. And so we get back, and the thirty or forty of us that are left, none of us played in the game. Like none of us had done anything really. Like all the other dudes had, they had gone home. So we're looking around, like they're getting ready to like give us an ovation, and none of us had even like. So we're like, like, just own it, right? Just own it. That we're gonna yeah. fucking party like some rock stars tonight, right? So we go out there in the court, and I'm talking, it was a full eight-minute, just loud as they could possibly be ovation that we had won that game. That's cool. And what happened after that was the most epic party in, like, the history of Stillwater. Like, I've never... I mean, did, where, where at? Did it just happen right there? Yeah, I mean, in the adjacent neighborhoods. Like, it's like it was like Mardi Gras around campus. Across the street. And, and just, just got obliterated. Yeah. Nice. I, played, uh, I played that night. We played Jinx in the semifinals in Stillwater at... at it may have been Louisville back then. Okay. You could hear when the game ended, you could hear the whole town erupt. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Something, something good happened, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It was wild. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could it hear was it wild. Throughout the entire game. Yeah. Man. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we had a little, uh, there was some sword play that night. <laughs> Denny's might have been involved. A lot of tequila. Sword play. Huh? Yeah. Like literal sword play. Oh. Yeah. Shit, oh. shit turned south. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yep. A couple guys got beat up in an adjacent alley to their house, and we didn't know what. I mean, it was just a wild night. What was the good bar back then on the strip? Oh, the Wormy Dog. It's still, yeah, Wormy Dog was the there. The Wormy Dog was there. The wow. old one. Oh, remember the upstairs Wormy Dog? By, yeah. Com- by uh, Coney Island. Over yes. Yeah. 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 We could walk in and just see Cody Cannon up there just playing his heart yeah. out. I think I went there on my uh, recruiting trip. Okay, yeah. I think so. Yeah. had a punter that uh, was my uh, host. <laughs> He actually got pulled over that night. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the assistant coaches had to come. Uh, Cal Cagney. Yeah, Gary yeah. Cal Cagney. Yeah. yeah. He had to come pick me up. <laughs> Gee. Yeah. Still, he's Holy still there. shit. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, what was yeah. a, I guess we can't say the punter's name. Yeah, I can't remember his name, though. Were you offended that they punter. gave you a punter? I would have been fucking offended. What the hell? Yeah, like, what yeah. is that? I don't know. I guess he thought that. Hunter's a fun I, guy. He must have been, yeah, he must have been a part I of I fit in 
was yeah. that guy. See, I wouldn't have. Oh. No, I don't fucking like kickers. Yeah, I don't like kickers <laughs> since 2003. Like, you'd like to party. You or 2004. Yeah, I guess so. Right. I, I mean, I, I did all right back then. Like, I, I have a Jason Ricks mixed, missed a kick in Bedlam oh, in 2004, and I've never, uh, I fucking never recovered yeah. from that. Was that the game that uh, Coach Miles said that we got two teams here, one of them's the best in the country, and one's a pretty good, de- Who pretty the good team? Who There was something like that every damn year. Yeah, I think yeah. he said that in 04, that uh, we got the best in the country, and then we got a pretty good one. We're going to find out which is which tonight. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, Rick, Rick's missed that <laughs> kick, and I just remember thinking – I fucking hate you. And oh, I, I mean, I, it's the first time I'm going to fight somebody in the locker room. Like, I couldn't believe I it. So I, sent him, I sent him a Christmas present. Yeah, I'm sure you did. We could not stop y'all that night. Right. Yeah, right. Defense is over there, hands on their hips. Like, you just know the depth. Look, like, we can go overtime all day now at this point. They can't handle any more of it. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? Make the kick. Like, you have one job. Do your one job. You don't even sweat tonight. It was 38 yards, wasn't it? Short. Like, I love how he remembers the fucking yardage. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I knew he it was bad when you could hear it leave his foot. I knew it was bad. Yeah. Oh, and I'm still pissed about it. I made one from 40, so it's not that big a deal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? And like, we played at a time where grading out in the 90s was expected as an offensive lineman, right? Like, 96. Like, that's what the expectation was. You have one fucking job. Kick the fucking ball. Kick it. Kick the ball. Kick the ball. <laughs> Through the upright. Kick the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, I just, it, it drives me nuts. There's a thing with the foot and the ball. Yeah. Like, it's Do offensive it. to the rest of us. Like, yeah. that, you have that big of an impact on the game. Like, we just beat their ass for four quarters. The finishing move is coming. Just put the ball through the upright. Yeah. Yeah. I lost that, a third of your body weight out here today. Kick the motherfucker. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. See my fingers, right? Yeah, they look like just one big meshed up hunk. Like, that. yeah, there's yeah. four of them there, I promise. Yeah, I just remember, like, that game was just nonstop. We would be up. 14 and then seven and then tied and then up seven. It was just an offensive showdown. There's one play that game right before halftime. Uh, your your left corner was looking at the sideline when I, when I snapped the ball and Mark Bradley just took off down the sideline and the clock ran out and I just threw it and caught it for a touchdown right before half. What the fuck? Yeah. I'll never forget that corner. He was looking at the sideline, I guess, trying to get the call or something. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. He was real fast. Real fast. (laughs) Yeah, Mark Bradley was real fast. (laughs) He was a lot fast. How tall was Mark Bradley? He's about 6'2". Yeah, he was tall and fast. Yeah. Oklahoma had some fucking studs back then. He he was a legit 4'3 guy. Yeah. And he would argue that. Just think if he didn't tear his ACL. Yeah, he did that with a fucking one that, like, the old line Don Joy knee brace ran a fucking 4 3. Damn. That dude that's impressive. Who, real was, fast. who was on your uh, Bedlam teams? O- uh, OU teams. Who was a quarterback? On yeah, uh, Landry both years. Okay. Landry Jones. Yeah. Landry Jones is one of the most underrated OU quarterbacks in Absolutely. history. Absolutely. I yeah. would tell you that every day. No doubt. Yeah. People just never give that dude enough credit for being fucking great. Like, he was I great. Mean, he did. He did a. He did his job, and he wasn't flashy. He didn't. No. He just did what he was supposed to do. I mean, he just throw for a million yards every. Yeah, he yeah. broke every school <laughs> record. Yeah. yeah, and won a bunch of games. Yeah. yeah, I sat in a press box that year, and I remember the PA announcer break, listing all the records that he broke that final season. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? He still in got the, a bunch in of the most yeah. vanilla way, Landry Jones has taken over the Big Twelve record book. What the fuck? Like that's yeah. I mean, it was crazy. 
You think no. it's because he came in after Sam, just kind of after what Sam had done? Uh, he was he was the king of the untimely interception. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of that Tony aside Romo from that, effect, you know, that bullshit, yeah. which I just, I mean, I, I mean, 400 yards and three touchdowns and an interception at the worst possible fucking moment. Yeah. That would be like Landry Jones' career. But, you know, he, 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 when, when people say that name, all they're going to think about is that Alabama game. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. I right. Mean, you couldn't ask for a better way to go out, you know, just with that game or, you know, to play that way, and, you know, against a team that, was at their height at that time. Final question for you two. What is Bedlam to you compared to OU Texas? Hmm. Good question. I will say, when we first got there, it was nothing near the same. I Honestly, I remember in 2000, I think we took like Monday off of Bedlam week. We took like a day off. You know what, that was unnecessary. Like it was a half of a fucking bye week because we had our bye week in like the early yeah. in the season. You could have kept that to yourself. Yeah, and we still won that game. But after that, shit got real. But You're such an asshole. Yeah, well, you're welcome. But, you know, after that year and, you know, kicking our ass a couple years in a row, yeah, it changed a lot. It was pretty equal, except one's just the venues, unlike anything else. So... That's the only thing that is tough to make it comparable is the venue itself, in my opinion. I would I would agree with that, especially in the beginning, you know, because you're growing up and uh, you know you know that there's Bedlam and you also know there's OU Texas, um, but you know there's there's something about driving down to Texas, going to the fair. That's what makes that game so special. But also, what all these players don't realize is both games matter a lot right and it's usually one of those two games you're deciding if you're going to the big 12 championship one of them and osu was always the last game yeah so yeah so but i i by the time like west said by the time it was said and done and by the time like you guys got that that ball back rolling like it didn't matter how shitty you guys played the entire year or how good we played or how bad we played it always that game was always at the, the next level height. I mean, right. you were going to get the best out of both teams that game. And I think that's what made it special for me. It was like it was just one of those super competitive games uh, no matter what. And, you know, and besides the fact that I knew some guys that played up there, you know, it's always good to walk by those guys now and be like, ah, yeah, you lost in 03 and 04. Sorry, Sam. It's cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. Bedlam for me was a place at the table, right? The Big 12 was by far the best conference in college football at the time that we played in it, and it wasn't even a conversation to be had anywhere else, period. If right. you were going to Lincoln and A&M and Memorial Stadium and going to play in Austin and coming to Stillwater, you were going to Kansas State, like you were going to get a piece from everyone in the conference. So to beat Oklahoma, which was the flagship, was it was, like I said, it was meaningful to us. You know, we could, like, a place at the table. Those are top 15 teams every single year, and we represented our team. You know, even though we didn't have 50 guys that could play in a game, we still represented ourselves well. Like, I take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. And we went from winning three games to four games to playing in the Cotton Bowl, right, against Eli Manning and the boys. Yeah, I'll take it. You know, we did some real work at that time. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. My, when I got there in 07, I mean, they were – 
Oklahoma State wasn't very good. I mean, I'll call it what it is. And Boone gave all that money and kind of you could feel it again, kind of on the up and up. And I mean, I said we won what we won eight or nine my sophomore year, and then won nine or yeah, we won nine, and then you know my my junior year we. Yeah, a little better, but you know that game. Uh, when I think about that game, it's hard not to look ahead. And and I don't want to like the Iowa State game. I'm not. We lost that game because we played like shit. But we knew we had Oklahoma in two weeks. You know, and, and you know just just how it works sometimes. But um, I don't know, man. That I think Bedlam is one of the more underrated rivalries probably in college football, and especially now. I mean, both teams are, are legit now that Oklahoma State's year in and year out. You know, top twenty, top twenty-five team every year. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a rivalry that I think a lot of people around the, the country. This year's a little weird because the Big Twelve sucks so bad. So it's it's kind of a weird year for the for the Big Twelve. But um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a good good rivalry. Um, again, OU. I, I hell, I would say I grew up an OU fan. You know, so going down and playing Memorial Stadium was kind of cool for me. You know, right. even though I didn't play, I was over there cheerleading. But um, you know, so you know those those are the memories I'm. I have. I remember, you know, um, I took a couple snaps late in the game, and Gerald McCoy's right there. I'm like, fuck, I hope we don't throw it. Because this is <laughs> shit. You know, I, I didn't really – I had no business back there. But, uh, no, it's a good rivalry, and and uh, been a lot of good games, and I anticipate being a lot more going forward. Don't, do you guys not feel, though, if they – I know there's not a venue here in the city, but – Man, if they had a venue just in Oklahoma City that yes. it was a neutral field, I, it would make cool. that game so much different. Yeah, no you know, doubt. I need to make the Bricktown Ballpark hold like, you know, just like 75 and yeah. get rowdy as shit. That yeah. Be. No, that'd be – I mean, it, it, and you could do the same thing as they, you know, do down in, in Dallas where – you know, half the, the stadium's right. orange and half cool. of it, it's crimson. And, I mean, it would be an amazing experience, you know. Well, what, what time of the year is the fair normally? Oh, perfect. Oh, October, <laughs> oh, yeah. right? Uh, September, September, I think. September, so yeah. Build it on the fairgrounds. If you could do it, you know, do, yep. build yeah. a stadium down there. Kind they're of building a new like soccer stadium. Yeah. Just everybody chip in. Let's make that thing huge. Even make if you it work. It, you know, hell, if in what setting, but you do it 50, 60,000, that place would be rocking. I got yeah. a question. For you two quarterbacks, because I know for linemen, like the only way to grow together is to play together. So with all these extra bye weeks and having two young quarterbacks and a bye week the week before this, how does that affect quarterbacks? I'm always a guy that it's kind of a momentum deal. You know, if you're playing well, you don't you don't that bye week can kind of kind of fuck you up, in my opinion. I mean, I, I was like, if I was playing good, I want to play every week. You know. Now, I guess talking out of both sides of my mouth, if I go out and play like shit, I don't want to buy a week because I want to get right back out there, you know. Right, so, yeah. you know, I think it's more, um, you know, I would say both of them. I mean, doesn't Rattler have a hip and then um, Spencer's got the, the ankle. So, I mean, to get healthy, I think it's good for both of them. Right. Um, but, yeah, I always, I don't know. Well, they have two or three bye weeks now. I mean, it's yeah, too much, I mean, in my opinion. I, oh, you, know. you had three, yeah. and we didn't miss a game. I think y'all missed Baylor, so y'all probably had like four. Yeah, so, it, you know, if you're in a rhythm, it can yeah. get you out of a rhythm. I mean, you, practice is yeah. what it is. I mean, So, I know that's how it is with the reps. big guys. We're like, just leave us in and let us play. Like, right. There's nothing worse than playing every other series. Oh, it's shit. just you got to be in there you and gotta, feel the flow. You got to get in a rhythm. Yeah, right. You got to get in a rhythm. Yeah, you know, uh, I think that one of the biggest things for a quarterback, especially like you're going to have bye weeks and you're going to have those situations that you have to. But 
and Wes will tell you, but that that's one of the reasons that I always uh, took the guys out to eat was to create that bond and keep it, you know, and always kind of grow together in that way rather than, hey, if we weren't playing, you know, let's not just all not do anything. You know, let's let's keep the thing, same thing going. Like I think we said it last time, but one time we went to Applebee's instead of Chili's and we played like shit. And it was immediate back to Chili's, back to Chili's you know. So <laughs> it's those things, and it's the same thing playing. Um, I mean, I would not cut my hair unless we lost. And I, that's what happened. You know, it looked like crap, but, you know. You're pretty shaggy for a while. Yeah. Our senior year. Went a lot of games. Pretty shaggy. A lot of yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Give me, uh, give me some scores. Give me your final thoughts. Who gets it done? Give me a score. And I Talk some shit if you want to. No, I'm not going to do that to you, Sam. <laughs> right. I think it's going to come down to, uh, like I said earlier, which quarterback uh, steps up and manages the game. Like, I'm not saying which one is the superstar, which one has the most yards. or I'm talking about which one manages the game, takes care of the ball, and I, I think that's going to be the winner of your game. Because I think both defenses – Oklahoma State's defense is way up there right now. Right. So – uh, I think both defenses are going to come ready to play, and it's going to it's going to depend on which offense and which quarterback steps up and manages the game uh, and gets his team in a good position to win. Uh, so, of course, you know it's at OU. There's a little bit of you know favoritism here, so I'm going to go 35 to 32. Ooh, okay. Shoot up. Okay. Nice okay. I like that score. That's, so that's an over. Total is yeah. 59, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Whedon. I appreciate the, that. The, I'm going to go – I am gonna. I mean, I think ugly games get ugly scores. So I'm going to go 37 to 29. Oh, you. Oh. Just oh, filthy. Yeah, that's a lot a of field goals. How, how do you get to 29? Just Shit. nastiness. A couple right. safeties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 29? Yeah. It's okay. going to be gross. Yeah. It's going to be fucking gross. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Jay. This is all about the quarterbacks, in my opinion. If OU is going to play man, this is what I've been saying all week. I, I was playing golf today with some OU buddies, and I said if they play man, one, Tyler Wallace has got to win, and if it's one-on-one, there's no, they're not helping with the safety, throw it to, throw it to two. But whoever Radley Hiles is covering – Talk to that guy. Yeah, every time. That's every, my game plan every week. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, oh. do it again. Just over and over. Just uh, throw it over six so, foot. I don't yeah. know. I'll be, I'll, it'll be interesting to see how much man coverage OU plays. If they play man, I think uh, I think that kind of plays into Oklahoma State's hands. Um, I'm worried about the offensive line up front with Oklahoma State. If they're they're healthy, they got a little better chance. I think OU's defensive line is, is rolling. Um, I just think that matchup, is, it's tough. Passing game and run game. I, I'm worried. That's it's my biggest concerns up front in the trenches. This pains me, man. This pains me to say it, but I think OU wins 31-27. Mm. Okay, so t- two things about this. If Oklahoma State is the team that they were against Kansas State, that offensive line is starting this game, this is pretty simple, right? You're probably looking at one of the more competitive first halves of football we've seen all season long in the Big 12. Uh, you're looking at a 7 nothing, uh, 7-3 Oklahoma halftime. And then by midway through the third, you know, you're probably looking at 17-6 or something like that, and Oklahoma just creeps away with it. You know, 28-10, uh, 28-14. Like, I just can't imagine that Oklahoma State will be able to stay on the field offensively. That defense is going to tire down. They just are. Oklahoma's running the ball better. And let me tell you something, that defensive line, like no one 
everybody that goes to Oklahoma is a good football player. There's high expectations for all of them, but none of these coaches thought they were going to luck into one of the top ten defensive lines in the country this year. Those dudes are monsters. Perkins was a good one to get back. Bro, mm-hmm. and then Perrion Winfrey, nice. are you kidding me? He didn't even look like a human being. Yeah, no, like, why hurry his uh, arms seven feet long yeah. and they drag his <laughs> I n- wish I mean, he wore Devin like Joseph. That number yeah. helps, oh, too. Dude, Devin. Devin yeah. Joseph, his arms were like that way. I used way. to make yeah. fun of him. I'd be like, dude, you're the only guy that can tie his shoes standing up. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, just crazy. Bad. Those dudes are crazy. So, you tell me. The Cowboys get a couple of guys back on the offensive line, then I think you're looking at a hell of a game. I think all your scores are pretty accurate. You know, either way, a 35-28, I think Oklahoma State could win it. If they get a couple of guys back, and I think it would be 35-28, Oklahoma could win it. So Uh, who who are we hoping they get back? So Jenkins and uh, what's the other kid's name? Was it the left left guard or right guard? One of the guards, right? Or is it the center? And then who's the other guy? Jenkins is center, right? Jenkins is the no, no, don't get. Or both, both interior linemen. It's the it's their Jenkins is the big star tackle, right? Okay. And then I think the center was out too. So both line two starting linemen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right in the last game. Was it COVID or what? No, they got hurt in the game. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They, they got nicked up. Both safeties got hurt. They had uh, when Tylen didn't play. I mean, they were yeah. They were beat it was up. A weird deal. Like, perfect time for a bye week, though, so we'll see what they look like they've come out of it, though. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. But I'm going to go Oklahoma, uh, and I'm going to go with my original score just based off of what we know about these teams. And I'll say, uh, yeah, 28-14, 31-14, somewhere in there for the Sooners. Yeah, yeah, I I pray to God they can score more than 14 points. I I just think they got to be able to run it. If they can't run football – Dude, Dude, I don't I, think they're going to be able to do anything. Like, I mean, they're going to be Shuba terrorized. This Wallace. is the most no-shit comment ever, but both these quarterbacks can turn it over. I mean, they can oh, throw yeah. it to oh, their yeah. team. So, oh, yeah. it's, I think it's kind of whoever manages it, whoever doesn't lose it yeah. and, you know, doesn't put there's, the ball on the ground. Or there's going to be a turnover. And at ways. this yeah. moment, like at the, the last few weeks, I, Spencer has definitely uh, settled down when it comes to throwing it up for grabs or, or trying to force it in. I, I think he's came he's gotten better with that. Um, so hopefully that's um, you know that, that continues. But you know, you get in those big games and, and you make every play. Exactly. Uh-huh. You want to make every play and you're young. Right. And he got he got benched in the last big right. game he was in. And he definitely wants this one too though. I mean he got OU Texas, he's gonna want the you yeah. know you don't want to lose Bedlam by any means. I'll say this for Mike Gundy. If they can find a way to implement the Sanders run game as a legitimate arm of this offense, right? Come into this game oh, with six nasty. or seven organized plays for him to run the football and and break up some of that tension in Chuba Hubbard and, and L.D. Brown, I think they have a chance there. Right? We were kind of talking about this before we got started. I think that every team should have a stack eye formation, right? Eight or nine plays that you just keep in your back pocket to use in these situations where you can just get in and force the run somehow, some way. Run some triple option. That kid's got triple option written all over him. So, And with two weeks to go, and Mike Gundy being who he is, he is the master of finding a way to damage control, right? Like, we have a giant-ass hole in our boat. Gundy finds a way to patch that son of a bitch every year, I feel like. So with two weeks... Let's see what he can come up with to help that group out a little bit. But I think it's Spencer Sanders' legs that are the star if they find a way to win. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, Hubbard, um, if he has a big game, um, yeah. you know, it, that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, and, he, and he's due. He's due. He's due. He's due. I mean, he's due. And, you know, you always see those stars come out in these big games. So he's due for a big one. 
Very cool. Guys, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, enjoy. Thank you. And uh, good luck this weekend. Yeah, same to you. Boomer Center. Yep. Boomer. Go Pokes. Go Pokes for sure. (laughs) (laughs) This Sam Mays Podcast Roadshow is brought to you by Pettit Insurance in Norman. Remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. The Sam Mays Podcast is a production of P-Squared Media.